Welcome back to another exciting day of Y'all, the show about the South, the show all about y'all. I'm your host, John Rawl. Thank you for being with us on this glorious day across the Southland. On today's show, we're going to have a lot of SEC football talk. We're going to hear from a bunch of SEC coaches on today's show as SEC Football Media Days is going on right now at the College Football Hall of Fame in Hot Atlanta, Georgia. In this hour, we'll hear from Mark Stoops, the head cat in Lexington, Kentucky, as his UK football team getting ready to start practicing here in a few days. And we'll hear from Coach Stoops talk about the Big Blue Nation and more later this hour on the Y'all Show. And in hour two, we'll hear Kirby Smart's remarks from this morning, the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending Southeastern Conference champions. He was at the Mike Brighton early, and we'll hear from the head coach in hour two. Plus, we'll hear Ed Orgeron's thoughts at SEC Football Media Days, the head coach of the Bayou Bengals of LSU. And finally, the richest coach in the SEC. I, I think I'm right on that. And it's not Kirby, and it's not Nick Saban. It's Jimbo Fisher, the former Florida State head coach. I think he's getting paid more than Nick Saban. And he'll be at the mic in hour two talking about the Texas A&M Aggies, the team that he's now in charge of in the SEC. So a lot of SEC coaches on today's show. If you like football, this is a great day for you on the Y'all Show. If you don't like football, well, we've got some other good stuff that we'll mix in as well. But it's going to be heavy SEC football today. Now, tomorrow we're going to have SEC football Again, but we'll also put a little spotlight on the Atlantic Coast Conference as they have their own media days starting Wednesday and Thursday in Charlotte. So ACC Talk tomorrow. In fact, we're going to have ESPN.com's David Hale stop by and give us a report on the ACC. So some good stuff coming from ESPN on the Wednesday, y'all. Outside of sports on today's y'all show, we're going to have a look at politics as President Trump and President Putin of Russia got together on Monday in Helsinki, Finland. That evidently did not go all that well for the president. I don't want to get into it too much, but I will share a few thoughts of my own about the president, who I generally like, but there are some times where, like many of you probably, there are some frustrating frustrating times with President Trump, and maybe Monday we saw a little bit of our frustration at the president come out. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. Also, Today is a big primary day in Alabama. There's a runoff primary going on where Representative Martha Roby is up with a challenger in the Republican runoff for her seat in Congress. We'll talk about that. We'll actually hear Congresswoman Roby talking in an interview she did on EWTN. That is a cable channel for Catholics across the world, actually, and it's based out of Irondale in the Birmingham area. And she is going to be on in the next segment talking a little bit about her runoff. And she's joined by Marjorie Dannenfelser, the president of the Susan B. Anthony List, which is a pro-life group. Okay, so we've got that coming up and a lot more on today's Y'all Show, plus some sports headlines outside of football we want to tell you about coming up in this hour of the Y'all Show. Now to the story of... Headlines across Dixie. It was in August of 2017 that the ugly scene happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. Remember that? And a woman was killed, and a guy's being prosecuted right now, and 
probably going to get sent away for a long time, if not possibly a death penalty for him. I'm not sure what Virginia's laws are on on capital murder. But I wanted to pass this along. The reason that rally last year in August happened in Charlottesville is because Charlottesville, Virginia has a very liberal mayor. It's, it's probably a typical liberal college town in the South. Uh, believe it or not, most college towns in the South are a little liberal. That's just the way it is. And they're liberal all over the country, but even in the South, college towns often are slightly more liberal than non-college towns. Well, the leaders in Charlottesville last year decided to rename the park that the Robert E. Lee statue was in in Charlottesville. And there's also a Thomas... Stonewall Jackson statue in Charlottesville. They renamed both of those parks last year. And one park was, Lee Park was renamed Emancipation Park. And Jackson Park was changed to Justice Park. So you had Emancipation Park and Justice Park taking the names of Lee and Jackson Park. Remember, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, both Virginians, both with statues. And those statues are still there in Charlottesville, by the way. Well, Monday night, Charlottesville leaders decided that those names, those renamed names, Emancipation Park and Justice Park, just weren't going to cut it. So they have renamed, as of last night, the city of Charlottesville's leaders. They've renamed Emancipation Park to Market Street Park. And Jackson Park, which was changed to Justice Park, is now Court Square Park. Okay, hopefully that settles things. It won't. The statues are still there, and I think they should still be there. They should have never changed it to start with. That's my opinion. But, again, Charlottesville, just like a lot of towns across the south, trying to rename and remove, and and even when they rename, as we see here in, in Charlottesville, that's still not good enough. And I, I blame... I don't blame the lady getting killed on the leaders. That was a stupid decision by this guy that it's up for a murder charge. But the leaders of Charlottesville certainly provoked hostility toward their city when they decided to jump into this political correct fray in 2017. And could be a another ugly scene. Uh, just, just, just a bad situation in Charlottesville. But again, this is in some ways playing out across the South with renaming and removing parks and such. Got a text over the weekend from a friend of mine who saw the 60 Minutes piece on the mayor, former mayor of New Orleans, Mitch Landry, and they've re-aired the story about him removing the statues in New Orleans this past weekend. And now there's talk about him being a potential Democratic nominee and running for president in the United States, all because he removed some Confederate statues, again, of Robert E. Lee was one of them. My goodness. In the state of Mississippi, down on the coast of Mississippi, the Coast Guard rescued seven people after a boat capsized off the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It happened on Sunday, about four miles east of Horn Island, near Pascagoula. The Gulf, the Gulf, the Gulf Coast of Mississippi can be a little rough down there this time of year. The Coast Guard says in a release that it sent a boat and crew from its Pascagoula station to search for the boat after receiving a report it had capsized. Seven people were pulled from the water and taken to Station Pascagoula. So good news there, Coast Guard saving seven people off the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And again, 
Coast Guard, they don't get enough credit. They truly are heroes each and every day. Not off, not only, not only off the waters of our coast, but what they do inland on rivers and lakes to keep people safe. And now in their fight against the uh, terrorism and and drugs, Coast Guard, we salute you here on the Y'all Show. If you're a Coastie, we really appreciate all that you do. Near Memphis in Covington, Tennessee, a Walmart there had to close after three raccoons got inside the store. <laughs> this happened Monday morning, and they were found inside the store. The mayor of the city of Covington says that crews were click quickly called to the scene to try to track down the animals. Uh, close uh, source says that they were three raccoons in the store, but they were forced out through the loading dock area, but a third one was still on the loose, a bandit on the loose at Walmart, Covington, Tennessee. The store ultimately opened on Monday, and crews are there trying to capture that third raccoon. But not a fun thing to be in a Walmart and have raccoons on the loose there in Covington, Tennessee. Hulk Hogan has been reinstated into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yes, that's right. The wrestler whose real name is Terry Balea got in trouble for using offensive language a few years ago, and he was kicked out of the Wrestling Hall of Fame, but now he's back in it. And the, the organization says the second chance gives Hogan's his apologies and more in his volunteer work. He's helping to learn from his mistake, according to the World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated. Hogan, by the way, is 64 years old and is a native born in Augusta, Georgia. Remember, he also got in a major lawsuit with a company called Gawker, and it ended up being a settlement where he got $31 million out of Gawker. Shut it down. <laughs> so the Hulk back into the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Good for him. Now, here's an awesome story coming from the central part of Alabama around Birmingham. A young man who's a college student, his car broke down just before he started a new job, a new job at a place called Bellhops Movers. And what did he do? He walked 20 miles from Homewood to Pelham. He left out at midnight, and he got to Pelham 20 miles down the road, at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, he ran into some police officers when he got to Pelham. They took him to breakfast and ultimately dropped him off at his new job. Well, the CEO of Bellhops Movers heard about it, drove down from the volunteer state of Tennessee, and he volunteered his 2014 Ford Escape to this young student. What a great story. Walter Carr a new car for you, Walter Carr. As you're, you're, you're walking 20 miles, get you a new car and a great salute from all of us here. There's been a GoFundMe page set up for him, $6,600 already raised. What a good story there by not only Bellhop CEO Luke Mark Marklin for coming down and giving his car to Walter, but the police there in Pelham, Alabama for for helping him out, getting him on his way. What what a great testament. He, he, Walter Carr is a young guy, and he's in college. 
and if you're an older person like myself, you give these millennials a hard time. But this is an example here of a kid that's doing the right thing and going the extra mile, literally going the extra 20 miles to go to a new job. And God bless him. God bless all. That's a great story there. After he goes 20 miles for his first day of work on foot, and the CEO of the company decides to give him his own car. Only in the South. Well, only in the South, only in Arkansas can you find this kind of story. I'm not, I'm not serious, Arkansas. We love you. But this, this one is, is a little left of center. Okay, Arkansas is the natural state. It's on, their nat it's on their license tag. They're proud of it. It's a good, good name. Got a lot of outdoors possibilities in Arkansas. A lot of fishing. Well, one Arkansas fisherman, Michael Nelson, thought he had a big one on the line the other day when he was fishing the Little Red River in Heber Springs. But it turned out when he pulled up his fishing rod up to look at his big catch, it was a big one, all right. But it wasn't a fish. He pulled up a prosthetic leg <laughs> that was in the Little Red River, and he caught it on his fishing pole. So Michael Nelson, sorry you didn't get the fish, but man, that's going to look great up on the wall, your prosthetic leg. The owner of the prosthetic leg was ultimately found, I guess his name was on it somewhere, and he said that he had been missing it since a boating accident in April. So he got down, they tracked down the owner of the leg, and now he's got his leg back. I don't know how well it would be after being in the water for three months, but what a good story there, too, from Arkansas. See, fishing pays off. Whether you catch a fish or you catch a prosthetic leg, not a bad deal. Only in the South. Only in the South, well, you hear political talk on the Y'all Show mixed in with SEC football. And on the other side of the break, we'll come right back and tell you about the big primary runoff day going on in the state of Alabama today, as well as my thoughts on President Trump. Is golf getting in the way of our president? We'll tell you about it next on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium, Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, sprint.com slash unlimited, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. 
Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG. I was 14, I was falling fast for a blue-eyed girl in my homeroom class. Trying to find the courage to ask her out was like trying to get off from a water spout. What you would have said, I can't say. I never did ask, don't you moved away. But I learned something from my blue-eyed girl. Sink or swim, you gotta give it a whirl. Welcome back into Y'all, where we talk Southern all the time. If you love the South, you have found the right spot. This is the show where you can hear about news, sports, opinion, politics. Yeah, politics we're going to talk right now. And we got cooking. Now, on Tuesdays, we often have our good friend Matt Hearman stop by, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Because of all the SEC media days going on, the activities and the coaches, the press conference and such, we're going to push Matt back till Thursday. So if you wanted to get that grilling tip for today, well, tune in Thursday. Matt will be on with us with a report, and he's going to have a couple of new great barbecue spots in the South. That I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. He's taken us to Memphis already. He's taken us to Texas. What spot or spots will be on Matt's radar this week when he has his barbecue report the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hearman's on the Y'all Show coming up Thursday. See, we've got barbecue, football, we got news, we talk about prosthetic legs. <laughs> I'm John Rawl. I'm glad you're here, here on the Y'all Show. Thank you. And our number, 803-816-1170. You can call or text that number any old time. Well, on the show, we also do a little political musings, political observations political criticism and that's coming up in just a second donald j trump i'm looking at you okay but up first what's going on in alabama today they're having the primary runoff in alabama now they had a primary a few weeks back but some of the people in the races didn't get to 50 percent. so today they're having a primary runoff day polls opened at seven o'clock this morning they close at 7 p.m tonight in alabama alabama is a central time zone state What's going on? Well, Republicans and Democrats alike are hosting these runoffs to determine winners from the June 5th primary. Now, what races are going on? The biggest high-profile races really are mostly on the Republican side. For Lieutenant Governor, you've got a race between Will Ainsworth and Twinkle Kavanaugh. I mentioned her name the other day. What a unique name, Twinkle. Well, Twinkle's in a race against Will Ainsworth for the Republican ballot in a runoff there in Alabama. In the race for Attorney General, there's a runoff today between Steve Marshall and Troy King. 
for the state of Alabama's Republican nomination for attorney general. But probably the biggest race in Sweet Home, Alabama today is a congressional runoff on the Republican side between Martha Roby, who's been a congresswoman for many years now, and Bobby Bright. Bobby Bright has political experience, but it's been on the Democratic side. And he, he's challenged Roby. Remember, Roby went out against President Trump when he was campaigning in 2016 after the tape, the Billy Bush tape came out. She turned her back on President Trump. Now, he's in some ways forgotten about that. He's already tweeted in recent weeks his support of Roby in this race against Bright. But that race is probably the one that people will be watching a little closer than normal. Now, in Alabama today, what's not being contested is the governor. Kay Ivey is not up on a runoff today. So she is going to be on the ballot in November as Tuscaloosa Mayor Walt Maddox won the Democratic nomination. And so in November, you're going to have Maddox versus Kay Ivey for the Alabama governor. Remember, Ivey rose to the seat of governor after Governor Bentley resigned in embarrassment in 2017 after speaking of Tuscaloosa, a Tuscaloosa-based person, political person. He and that lady were a little too close. Too close for comfort, if you know what I mean. All right, Martha Roby we mentioned. She is the current congresswoman from this district outside of Montgomery, and she's got this runoff today. She was recently on the network EWTN, which is a network for Catholics broadcast all over the world, and it actually originates from Irondale, a part of Birmingham in Alabama. And she sat down with EWTN and was asked a few questions. And we're going to go in and hear a little bit of that right now on the Y'all Show as Martha Roby answered questions about this runoff going on today. And she also has discussed in this interview her feelings on abortion. She's very pro-life. And here she is joined by Marjorie Dannenfelser, the president of the pro-life Susan B. Anthony list. Of course, we were grateful for all of the support that uh, I received during the primary. And I'm just so thankful for my husband and my children and all of Team Roby, everybody who signed up to get out the vote. Uh, and we were able to be successful in the primary. But as you know, Alabama is a runoff state. So if you don't get above that 50% threshold, you're, you're pushed into a six-week mm -hmm. uh, runoff. So here we are. And um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the gentleman that is my opponent, Bobby Bright, um, he uh, was a Democrat uh, that was elected in 2008. And his very first vote in Congress was voting for Nancy Pelosi as mm. Speaker. And we all know all of the harmful policies that have come, uh, that w many Alabamians and Americans are still suffering under that came out of those two years between 2008 and 2010. And so I think it's really important that the voters in Alabama know uh, that I am a conservative Republican with a record that I'm proud of, that I believe reflects the conservative values and principles of the people I represent in Alabama's second district. And that really is the distinction. He is a Democrat who supported Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama, and I'm a conservative Republican. Marjorie, your group, the Susan B. Anthony List, has endorsed Representative Roby for this race. Sure, As a pro-life leader, 
Why is this race so important? Well, I think everything that Martha just said in her impassioned plea on the floor of the House to protect these children says everything that we need to say. Martha is front and center the poster child for the Susan B. Anthony list and what we look for in a candidate. Certainly the intellectual uh, arguments are vital and her legal background helps with all that. Mm -hmm. But what you just saw on that clip can't be replaced. That passion, that heart, that love of life, especially being a mother, nothing is better than that. So we're putting all we can into making sure that Martha wins, that she comes back, that we're, you know, we're going to increase our numbers in the Senate so that we can do a better job in getting those bills passed over there. But we really need you and we love you and we're praying for you. Mm, I appreciate that very much. And Marjorie, the Congresswoman did mention the Unborn Child Protection Act. Mm -hmm. What has her role been in fighting to pass this piece of important legislation? Well, I mean, again, it's been as a as a beautiful spokeswoman for this cause, right in the midst of battle, where on the other side is a Nancy Pelosi, who wants to have it both ways, wants to be protecting that pro-abortion policy plank at abortion at any time in the Democratic Party, and she wants to be able to um, pretend like it doesn't exist when it comes to places of Alabama, like Alabama. That simply cannot be. Until the Democratic Party actually changes that plank, we simply can't have people who are who are falling in line behind that agenda, and we need you. So come on back. Back into y'all, and there you heard the voices of Susan B. Anthony, List President Marjorie Dannenfelser, and the lady with the more Southern accent you heard there was Martha Roby, Congresswoman from Alabama. She's in a Republican primary runoff today for her seat, and if she's able to pick up that win, she'll move on to the general election in November. And again, she got the support of President Trump the other day. So I don't expect an upset in this runoff in this seat, which again is the east side of Montgomery, those areas, the more affluent areas of the Montgomery suburbs that runoff today. And we'll have the reports on the Wednesday, y'all. Now, speaking of the president, he was in Finland on Monday. A lot of criticism coming his way. Honestly, because of the time zone differences, because of me running around like a chicken with my head getting cut off, I haven't watched all of the press conference that President Trump and President Putin had on Monday. So it's not fair for me to totally bash the president for not being prepared. But as an Eagle Scout and a proud Eagle Scout, not proud of the Boy Scouts now for them literally falling on the sword and being a politically correct organization, but for a organization for more than 100 years was absolutely awesome. As a proud Eagle Scout, we learned that you need to be prepared. I don't think President Trump was prepared for the Putin conference. He can try to deflect and say he was, but I don't see how you can be prepared. The guy was all over the map prior to meeting Putin in Finland. He had been at NATO. He went to Great Britain, where he met with Theresa May, he met with the Queen, but maybe the biggest distraction, he, he not only played golf at Turnberry, his resort in Scotland, he played it on two back-to-back -back days. And here's the rub. I'm sure there's a good Scottish word I could use. Here's the rub with that. He bashed President Obama all the time for playing golf. He tore him a new one. And it doesn't help when our president picks on somebody, then he does, he's, you know, double standard. And that's not good. And it appears like President Trump may not have been on his A game when he met with Putin. 
and that is not a good thing. He could have had that meeting with Putin at another time if he wasn't going to be prepared. If he's got golf on his mind, he doesn't need to be meeting with arguably the most intense leader in the world. I won't say the free world. I don't think Russia is all that free. But Trump let us down a little bit. Still got faith in him. And I'm sure we're going to see some good come of all of this. But it looks like, I, I mean, I saw the weekend. I, I saw President Trump playing golf not only on Saturday, but Sunday, the day he flew to Helsinki. He was playing that morning. And he had Eric Trump out there on the course with him and more. And, and Melania flew with him to Helsinki. I'm not sure that he should have had that meeting at all. But as we know from the Trump world, it's chaotic one day and then there's something else even more chaotic the next day. So what does today hold for President Trump? What else is coming? I'll tell you what, this is a show that's not going to talk a lot about President Trump nor any politics. It'll be just a portion of what we cover on the Y'all Show. But if I were a political guy 100% of the time, like a lot of shows are, there's certainly no shortage of content. There's something every hour of every day you can talk about. But on the Y'all Show, we like to talk about stuff like President Trump, but there's a lot of other cool stuff we got to talk about too, like prosthetic legs and barbecue and SEC football. And speaking of Scotland, when we come back, we've got a report from Scotland because that's where the Open Championship of Golf is going on this week. And the defending champion of the Open is a Texan. He's a Southerner. And he had to give the Claret jug back this week. We'll tell you about it next here on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. just hear an engine we hear a 6.2 liter hemi v8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere but then again we're not most people we're the brotherhood of muscle dodge domestic not domesticated dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. An overflowing toilet can wreak havoc on your home. So today, I'll show you how to avoid a flood by installing the toilet in your bathtub. All you need is a plumber's wrench and a hose clamp. This easy modification not only stops flooding, it also cuts down on morning prep time. 
You could try to protect your home with a tub toilet, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. It's a Tuesday edition of Y'all with John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. Thank you for being with us here. And we've got a lot of SEC talk ahead. We've got a full hour of SEC coaches in hour two of today's Y'all show. You're going to hear from Georgia head football coach Kirby Smart. We've got, you may need a translator, we've got LSU head football coach Ed Orgeron. Orgeron, Coach O. He's coming up in hour two. And we've got Jimbo Fisher, the new coach of the Texas A&M Aggies. All three of those star-studded coaches coming up in hour two. We also have in just a second the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats coming on in just a second to talk about his big blue Wildcats. So hang on for that. But up first in our sports lanyard, speaking of Coach O and the Bayou Bengals and all of Cajun country, this is what we call sports lanyap on y'all, where we mix it in, one big jambalaya of sports from the South. And in the South, although right on the fringe of the South, we've got the All-Star Game tonight. It'll be on Fox. Washington Nationals hosting the All-Star Game, the Midsummer Classic. First All-Star Game in our nation's capital since 1969, when it was held at RFK Stadium. So watch out for that. Major League Baseball All-Star Game tonight on Fox. And how about Bryce Harper, the, the Nationals' awesome slugger? He hit 19 dingers in the home run derby on Monday night to capture that title. And it was a classic and a comeback that he had, this great slugger for the Nationals, getting it done there in his home park on Monday night. Again, the game tonight, the one that matters, not the home run derby, is tonight on Fox. To golf, as we mentioned, we've got some British Open going on this week. Jordan Spieth is the defending champ, and he went to Scotland this week because he had to turn in his trophy. He won the Claret Jug as a winner of the 2017 Open Championship, and you got to turn it in. When you win, you get to take it, but you got to bring it back, and so he had to do that and this, uh, this is going to be at Carnoustie in Scotland this week. If you're a golfer, this is really one of those great weeks of golf. Love the Masters. By the way, Augusta National News in seconds. Breaking news from Augusta National Golf Club. But while we're talking about this weekend's tournament, yes, Jordan Spieth will have to be watching him closely as he's playing in Scotland trying to defend his title. And they all get going on Thursday the weather in Scotland, I watched the Scottish Open this past weekend, and it has been very, very dry in Great Britain and Scotland in particular. I think I heard they said that it really hadn't rained in like two months. So when a ball on a Lynx course in Scotland is hit, it, it will absolutely keep rolling and rolling and rolling. Dustin Johnson, who pushes 350 yards often when he has a drive, I'm not sure the guy can't get 500 this weekend in Scotland. It's going to be something to watch as the Open Championship this weekend. A lot of fun. 
if you're able to tune in and see that. Now, to Augusta National, closer to home in the world of golf, they are making a change on hole number five at Augusta National Golf Club. Yes, the hole known as Magnolia is going to be lengthened by 30 yards. The fifth hole is currently 455 yards, so it'll be a par four, but 400 and roughly 85 yards now in 2018, in 2019 when it gets expanded. And can't wait for Augusta. I have never been to the Masters. I've had the opportunity to go. What a fool. I've had multiple chances to go, and I've turned them down. But I'm going to try to go in 2019. One of my great friends has been a patron of the Masters since 1960. And he's invited me on more than one occasion, and I've had some lame excuse each time. But uh, Jimmy, please put me down for the 2019. I want to see it because it is truly one of our great gems in the southeast, the Masters at Augusta National Golf Club. To the NFL, what a great story coming out Monday from Mitchell Lowen of the New Orleans Saints. This defensive lineman helped a man escape from a car that had crashed from the fourth story of a parking structure near Metairie, Louisiana. He was having brunch with his wife at a New Orleans restaurant, and when he rushed into action, Lowen said he was the first person who walked up to the SUV, which had landed upside down. He found the man screaming in pain and pinned into the vehicles. Lowen got in, helped him out, and helped the man survive. So a great story from Saints defensive lineman Mitchell Lowen there in the New Orleans area helping a man whose SUV fell from a parking structure. Yikes. Speaking of the NFL, hey, no shortage of money in the NFL. I know last year they got a lot of trouble, a lot of heat from fans, people refusing to go to games, people refusing to watch them on TV because of the National Anthem stance. Well, it just came out thanks to the Green Bay Packers because they are a publicly traded company, a public company there in Wisconsin. Each team pulled in $255 million in 2017 as the NFL distributed more than $8 billion in national revenue, most of that coming from television deals. The bump is an increase of 4.9% in national revenues. NFL, yes, they are printing money, and they continue to print money, even at a time where it looks like they're suffering because of their activism by some of the players. I should have been an NFL player. I should have been an NFL owner, actually. To college football now. The Conference USA preseason awards were announced on Monday, and what a name, Motor Singletary. Motor Singletary is the preseason winner for Offensive Player of the Year. Now, his real name is Devin, Devin Singletary Jr. to be exact. He's running back for the defending CUSA champs, Florida Atlantic. He was chosen as Offensive Player of the Year, and then the Defensive Player of the Year also a FAU Al Aziz Al Shair senior uh, linebacker for Lane Kiffin's club. Hey, good job by Lane Kiffin going down to Boca Raton, picking up the title there, I think in his first year. Good job. The special teams player of the year for CSUA in this preseason prediction is Parker Schoenfeld senior from the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Again, CUSA with teams including Louisiana Tech, Marshall, 
FIU, UAB, Middle Tennessee's in there, UTSA, the Old Dominion Monarchs, the UNC Charlotte 49ers, and I think I've covered, oh, Rice Owls. Don't want to leave out Rice. CUSA announcing their preseason team. You can go to conferenceusa.com, get the full list of their preseason awards. Now to the SEC. Again, we'll have coaches audio coming up momentarily from, actually, we're going to start it out with UK head football coach Mark Stoops. But to Tennessee, to Rocky Top, some bad news coming from UT as sophomore defensive lineman Ryan Thaxton was arrested and charged with domestic assault and false imprisonment on Sunday, according to court records. Tennessee Athletic Department officials are aware of the incident and the, quote, student-athlete has been suspended from all team activities while law enforcement and university investigates. Thaxon is a former three-star prospect from the state of Virginia. He did not play in 2017. Now to Tennessee football players from several years past, former football players for UT, A.J. Johnson and Michael Williams are going to trial to face aggravated rape charges nearly three and a half years after both men were indicted. On Monday in Knoxville, jury selection began for Johnson and Williams. Johnson was a linebacker and Williams was a defensive back for UT when a woman told police both men raped her in the early morning hours of November 16, 2014. Both were suspended from the team and never again played for Butch Jones when he was the head football coach at Rocky Top. Both men were indicted in February of 2015. So, Tennessee in the news for the wrong reason. Now to the SEC from a more positive standpoint. ESPN.com writer Phil Steele has come out with his predictions for the SEC in 2018. Starting with the SEC East champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. He says that the Dogs will be back in Atlanta to defend their title in 2018. Number two pick from Phil Still for the SEC East, Florida, followed by South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, the Tennessee Vols, and the Vanderbilt Commodores are Phil Still's pick for SEC East order. In the SEC West, no surprise here, Alabama number one, followed by their Iron Bowl rival Auburn. Number three, Mississippi State, Moorhead, getting some attention here in year one from Phil Still. Number four for the SEC West, Texas A&M, LSU at five, Arkansas six, and Ole Miss at seven in Phil Steele's prediction for the SEC in 2018. Steele's prediction for the playoff, number one seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide, no surprise there. Number two, Clemson is back in it, and Clemson and Alabama, are they destined for, what is it going to be, number four in recent memory, the fourth time these two teams will have faced off in the postseason? Also, Ohio State, the number three seed from Phil Steele, and finally the Huskies of Washington, his playoff prediction team number four. So, Phil Steele, a lot of people respect his writing and what he has to say, and those are his picks for 2018 from an SEC standpoint. All right, on the Y'all Show, we're going to go now to a little presser that Coach Mark Stoops had as he got to Atlanta for SEC football media days. He took some time to meet with local media. And we'll listen in to the UK head football coach right now on y'all. Always an exciting time. Hard to believe I'm back for my sixth SEC media days. Goes quick. Um, but we're excited. Excited about the year. I'm excited about being here. Being in uh, this venue brings back fond memories. Last time I was here I was with Courtney. He won the 
Danny Warfel Trophy, and we were here for the presentation. So it's good to be in Atlanta. It's good to be uh, gearing up for another year, and we're excited about what's going on. Talking about Courtney, he's uh, on the staff, right? He is, yeah. Courtney's going to be graduate assistant with me, and excited to have him. Coach uh, Ashton Pierre wasn't on the roster? Yeah, it, it, it was a... Um, uh, issue with grades with transcript so uh, doesn't look like we're going to get it situated before the year starts so uh, it's a clearinghouse issue. Mark do you think you guys are getting enough respect nationally and regionally or whatever with as much experience as you have back? I'm not sure I don't know if that's for me to judge you know I, I, I'm worried you know so much about ourselves I really don't pay much attention to that um, I know we're very confident in our building and feel very good about what we have and uh, what we're doing in the position we're putting ourselves in and you can't really worry about that because if you're not doing the things necessary you're not putting in this hard work this summer and and you know taking things to another level worrying about our our backyard yard then then none of that matters because the talk is cheap as you know um, you know it doesn't really mean much you know it's a it's a matter of what are we doing to put ourselves in a position to win games I like our football team I like the experience we bring back I like the talent that we have and I love their attitude you think there will be a chip on their shoulder if they're rated fifth or sixth? I, I don't know. You know, I, I, we're gonna, we, we, I hope to have a chip on our shoulder no matter what we're rated. You know, and uh, I think you know that's what that's what I'm looking for. And, and we do have a group that that I like. I like their mentality. I like the way they're working. And um, you know, so that'll carry us a long way. The injury updates and CJ's here, obviously, but Jordan Jones is he going to be available? He'll, he'll be back full full go come August. He's not quite 100% cleared to do everything just yet, but he's doing his rehab and everything's on point and he's doing well. Will Jamin behind him be able to go? Yeah, Jamin will be cleared and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Do you expect pretty much to have everybody that you thought you would have from an injury standpoint? Yes, yeah, I do. With everything that's transpired this past week with the founder of Papa John's, do you have a stance? on the pizza still being sold in the stadium, knowing that you have African-American fans, players, and coaches? Yeah, I, I haven't had uh, much thought on that on that position at this point. And I, obviously, I have great faith in the leadership of our university um, with uh, Mitch and Dr. Capilouto to make those type of decisions. Um, it's above my pay grade, but obviously very sensitive to, to uh, that topic always. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, you know, positive discussions about that and bringing attention to it in, in the right way with peaceful demonstrations and uh, peaceful, peaceful stances, then you, you embrace that. In the main room today, Jimbo said that you guys were still good friends and you, and you talked often. And Are you yeah. looking forward to, to coaching against him? Have you guys talked about that at all this summer? Well, I, I got an opportunity. It's, it's nice to be able to see him. You know, we see him once in a while, obviously, at the league meetings and uh, a few times a year. I actually bumped into him this morning uh, for a moment. Uh, you know, but uh, I do uh, rely on, on Jimbo for, for some advice from time to time still, and we keep in contact and definitely consider him a friend. And you've heard me mention it through the years many times. I've mentioned him and, and uh, my time spent with him at Florida State, so have fond memories and appreciate him. Are you still going to be able to get advice from him? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, all coaches, we all we all share ideas, and, and you know, a lot of times it may be just about staff or people that you've been in contact with before, and and recommendations, and he has some guys on his staff that, that I've been close to, and he and I talk about those things. So uh, we'll, we'll, we always will be there to support each other.
And that was head coach Mark Stoops of the Kentucky Wildcats visiting with some of the media members at SEC Football Days in Atlanta, Georgia. That's going on right now. And if you like that, hey, there's more of where that came from. When we come back in hour two, get ready. Kirby Smart was at the press conference this morning in Atlanta, and we'll have his presser. And that's coming up next on the Y'all Show. Plus, audio coming from Ed Orgeron, the head coach of LSU, and Jimbo Fisher, former FSU head football coach, led them to a national championship in 2013. Now, he put the boots on, and he's moved on to Aggieland. And he's going to be at the mic in hour two talking about Texas A&M and his role as the head coach of the Aggies. All of that ahead in hour two as the Y'all Show with John Rawl continues. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan for Sprint account features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. The Y'all Show, where we do everything we can to give you a full hour or two, if you're lucky, to hear about the South. I'm John Rawl. Thank you for joining us. Our number, 803-816-1170 on Twitter, at Y'all Show. And on this program, we mix it all up. We've got news, opinion, cooking. We've got country music. We'll have country music in a big way on the Wednesday, y'all. We also have barbecue talk. We've got what else we got here? I mean, you name it, we got it. As long as the common thread is the South, we've got it for you. And in the South, we love our college football. And right now in Atlanta, Georgia, in hot Atlanta, the SEC football media days are going on. And y'all is there. And we're going to go now on the y'all show and hear from three great SEC football coaches. Starting off, Kirby Smart, followed by LSU head football coach, Ed Orgeron, and finally, to close out this last hour of the Tuesday Y'all, we'll hear from Jimbo Fisher, head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies. All of that here on the Y'all Show. But this morning, just after the rooster crowed, Kirby Smart got up to the mic and answered questions about his defending SEC champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. Bright and early, 
here in our home state. Excited to be here. I first want to thank Greg and his staff. I don't, you know, I don't think everybody really understands exactly what they do. I know I didn't when I was an assistant coach in the SEC. But to sit in the SEC head coaches' meetings and to manage 14 egos pulling in different directions, and I'm just talking about football, I think he and his staff do an incredible job of looking after our sport and our game. You know, they're always looking ahead at trends. They're always looking ahead at things we can do better. And uh, I think the SEC's in, in really, really safe hands. Um, I'd also like to uh, mention his predecessor and mentor, Mike Slive. You know, I was very fortunate to come into this conference in 2003 as a very, very young assistant at LSU. And I still remember going to the SEC orientation meetings that year, SEC assistant coaches orientation meetings, and Mike Slive was in charge of those meetings. And I still remember the first time meeting him. And I think it's pretty incredible what he's done for our conference with the SEC network. I mean, he was thinking years beyond the rest of uh, college football and just want to thank his, his wife Liz and what all they've meant to the conference and what they've done. It's pretty incredible. Um, I want to thank you guys. You know, I don't think you guys get enough credit for the job you do, and I know that a lot of people think it's just that time of year where you get to thank you guys, but we don't get an opportunity to do that, and today's an opportunity to say thank you for all you do. Thank you for all the coverage. I certainly, being a, a player in the SEC, a coach for 15 of the last 16 years I've spent in the SEC, I know the coverage we get is first class. Uh, they do a, you guys do a tremendous job, and thank you for that. Um, also, it would be remiss if I didn't mention the Director's Cup, the Learfield Director's Cup, and uh, Greg McGarity and our athletic director finishing eighth in that. The highest we've finished in a long time, and that's really all sports. I, I, I want to congratulate all the coaches that we have at the University of Georgia and all other sports who have done a tremendous job this year of putting Georgia where they belong. Um, next, I'd move to the players I was able to bring with us. Three guys that uh, I light up when I think about them because Terry Goblin is a kid that I've known since the ninth grade. I've watched him practice every year or playing games or playing baseball games since his ninth grade year from Hogansville, uh, Georgia. Got a wonderful family, and he's managing in sports management. He'll be with, you, he'll be with us guys today and just a, a bright-eyed guy that loves to practice every day. And then Jonathan Ledbetter. Um, likewise, I've known him for a long time from Tucker right here in the, in the heart of Atlanta and uh, just a great kid who's been through a lot during his career and he's shown some really good leadership qualities for us and is also a sports management major. And then last would be J.R. Reed, very unique that you have a kid transfer from Frisco, uh, Texas, uh, very bright kid, came in and you know had to sit a year while he was transferring, learning the defense, competing really hard. Uh, played really well for us last year and um, was not afraid to step up and say things um, that needed to be said last year, and we expect those same things from him. He's a communications major. So uh, with that, I hope you guys get to spend some time with him and enjoy it. Um, you know, the momentum we created uh, from last season has been tremendous for us through recruiting, through spring. Um, that wouldn't be possible without the players, coaches, and our support staff embracing adjustments, change. Um, it's not easy to go through that. You know, after the first season going eight and five, 
Um, we didn't change a whole lot, but we definitely demanded more. And I think when you do that, you've got to have a staff, you've got to have a group of players who can embrace that change. And they certainly have embraced that, and we would not have created that momentum without that embracement. This season for us is going to be simple. It's going to be the measure of potential versus effectiveness. And when I say that, a lot of good people are like, well, yeah, every team has a certain amount of potential. Well, I think potential is dormant ability. All right. And I think of effectiveness is what we get out of our potential. And we talk to our players all the time that pressure is really a privilege. You should feel privileged to have pressure to win games, to have expectations. And everybody's talking about the expectations. Well, last year this time, they were talking about the same expectations for the University of Georgia. I went back and reviewed my notes for this event, and it was the same thing. Georgia's expected to, to, to do this, to win the East, to, to win championships. Those are things that we embrace at the University of Georgia. We can't run from those things. We know that. So if pressure's a privilege, how you manage that and how you embrace that and our coaching staff getting the effectiveness of our players out is what's important to us. And that's really the key ingredient for us going into this season. So it's important for us. We'll have a, a competition at an all-time high. I think that our top 100 guys out there at practice in fall camp, 110 that you get to bring into camp, we'll have the greatest competition we've had since my arrival. We may not have the most talent that we've had, but we will definitely have the most competition. And I think competition is what separates you. You know, I listened to Jimbo talk the other day, and he talked about the practice atmosphere and, the, and, and enjoying the, the, the camaraderie of the competition in practice. The best battles I've seen in my career, whether it's Miami Dolphins, Florida State, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia, they happened on the practice field. You know, and everybody talks about iron sharpens iron. That's true. We're going to have some of the most epic battles we have for who's going to be the right guard, who's going to be the left guard, who's going to be the starting defensive tackle, because those are great competitions. That is what's going to drive us to have success is those battles that happen throughout camp. I know a lot of you guys have already predicted the starters. You already know how many returning starters we have. I don't even know that because I don't look at that and say, well, that guy's spot's locked up because that's not the case. And we can't allow complacency to slip in to our program or, or to, to slip, in, slip into our staff because I know that will eat away at the core fundamentals that we've started to believe. Now, we had great standards set last year, standards set by a group of players that, that did a tremendous job. But embracing those standards will be the challenge for this group. This group doesn't have to be Sony, Nick, Lorenzo, Isaiah, Davin, Roquan. They don't have to be those guys. They've got to be the best them they can be. They've got to bring, we've got to bring out the best leaders we can and let those guys come to the forefront. And I think we've started to do that in our off-season program. Um, at this time, I'd also like to thank uh, President Moorhead. I've already talked about uh, Greg McGarrity, but for helping us keep our, our, our staff intact. I think it's tough in college football when you have a lot of success. I think you've seen it. The teams that have success, a lot of coaches get opportunities. A lot of members of your staff get opportunities. They have helped us keep that staff primarily intact. In, in and I'm excited about the staff we've got um, with the addition of Cortez Hankton being our 10th our assistant coach, working with wide receivers. I'm really happy about the staff we've got and their relationship um, with our players. 
Um, we've got some work to do in the secondary. We've got some work to do with our, you know, we lost a really good specialist last year with our punter. We've got to improve in that area. Um, but we've got a lot of competition coming up this season. And I'm, I'm really excited to sit back and watch that competition and see our staff work with these players. So with that, I'll open it up. Coach Chip Towers, Cox Media Group, DogNation.com. Hey, Chip. Uh, how you doing? Long good. time no see. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Ledbetter is a guy that you've really known a long time going all the way back recruiting for Alabama at Tucker. Um, he's had some crossroads, I guess you, you would admit, in his career, and here he is representing the University of Georgia. Can you just talk about the personal journey that, uh, yeah. that Ledbetter has made and, and why you, you see him as a team leader and somebody you want uh, out front and speaking for your team? Yeah, I think that um, when you talk about a guy that's been through the journey he's been through, you mentioned, I mean, I think back to his 10th grade year when he you know, first committed to the University of Alabama, and I was there, and he's a really good player and a kid I enjoy getting to know. He's got a wonderful family. I know his brother's mom really well. He's grown up a lot. He's grown up a lot from that time. I think he would even tell you that there were times of immaturity in his uh, youth during, during the recruiting stages and even leading into his time at Georgia. But sometimes the life you lead and the experiences you encounter, they give you the ability to stand in front of people and talk from experience. And I think our players recognize that when he speaks, he speaks from the heart. They see how he works. They see what he's been through. I think Ron Corson and our medical staff have done a tremendous job with Jonathan Ledbetter of embracing him and uh, him growing as a player and a person. And no, no better person to listen to than a guy that's been through the trials and tribulations that he has. And uh, when he says it, he says it with passion, and he leads the right way. And we certainly want him to keep doing that the rest of his career at Georgia. Coach uh, Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama. I know what Roquan Smith meant to your program last year and what a big part of their defense he was, but you're going to have a lot of competition now, especially at the linebacker spot. I wanted to ask you about a specific player uh, from my uh, backyard and uh, we're in our, in our community at Madison, Alabama, from James Clemens High School, Monty Rice. I wanted to ask you what you saw in him intangibly when you recruited him and then talk about, I know he had 14 tackles in the spring game, talk about his development as a player thus far in your program. First of all, Monty is, uh, is awesome to work with. Every time you see Monty coming down the hallway, you see his face light up. He smiles before he ever even says anything. It's almost, it's just like he's happy. He's, he's fired up. I mean, this is a kid that uh, grew up in a community that embraced him. You know, I've never had a kid that we recruited that so many families reached out on his behalf to kind of tell his story. He's got an awesome story of growing up there and uh, a lot of family members that have played and gone to school, James Clemens, but he, he, he's, he enjoys the game. He loves the game. And we're, I'm tough on him. I mean, I'm very intense in practice. And, you know, last year, sometimes you forget that he was a freshman because he came in mid-year. But here's a kid that, that comes in mid-year, embraces the role of being a linebacker behind Roquan. He learned from Roquan. Those other players really embraced him. And then he comes out and has a great spring game, make, makes a lot of tackles. The one unique characteristic he has is he can run. He can really run. And I think at the linebacker position, if you had to cut everything else out, outside intangibles, you'd want speed. And uh, he can do that. He's an exciting player. Uh, I love working with him day to day. He, he, he is very serious about his academics, and I think that embodies what a college student athlete should be, and he's a great representative of, of uh, James Clemens. Hey, Kirby. Blake Topmeyer, Knoxville News Sentinel. Coaches talk about establishing their culture in the, the first year of a program, but specifically, what do you think you established in, in the first year at Georgia that kind of helped you there in, in year two? Yeah, the first year was tough. I mean, there was a lot of 
maneuvering for players on the team to get accustomed to my style of leadership, our style of practice, our staff. That's not easy. Okay, that's not it's not easy any time to have that transition. You've got older players who have done it a certain way for a long time, and that's tough for them to embrace that. Um, I think that it was very it was a tough situation on us where we're having an indoor built and we had to practice away from our normal practice facility. So there were a lot of intangible things that made it tougher on us. But what we never did was relent from what we thought the expectations were. I mean, if a Thursday practice was supposed to be thud and full speed. That's what we expected it to be, and it didn't matter who we were playing or how we had played the week before or what our current record was. You had to live up to that expectation, and there weren't enough players embracing that role and taking that on that it was very demanding on us as coaches. Now, last year was a little bit easier to coach because I felt like some of the players took on that culture and they took on that ownership and they demanded. And now more and more of those guys are, are being more demanding, and they can kind of understand the expectations of what a Georgia practice should look like. Uh, Mike Laybear, Redden, but Coach, you talked about Terry Godwin, knowing him since the ninth grade. You lose a guy like Javon Williams from last year. Having Terry come back, what did that mean for you guys? And he talked a little bit about working on his vocal leadership presence. What do you think about him saying something like that? What was the last part there? I couldn't understand you. He spoke a little bit about talking about his vocal leadership presence as opposed to just leading by example. What do you think about that? To my Terry? Yeah, Terry's been a tremendous asset. He's a kid that understands the game of football, very instinctive, um, elite hands. Um, he, he understands the game of football. You can kind of put Terry in any position, and it works for him. He's been around football. He's well coached in high school, great baseball player. I mean, Terry understands the game, and his leadership in that room with the wideouts has been tremendous for us. And there's, you know, a couple other guys in there that are really doing a good job as well. Miko, Riley Ridley, Jason Stanley's come on. So that's, that's been a really good uh, group by committee. Kirby Smart, head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs at SEC Football Media Days 2018 in Atlanta. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from the head coach of the LSU Tigers, Ed Orgeron. He's going to be in his second year leading the Bayou Bengals this year. We'll hear from the fiery Cajun up next on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint Network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium, Music Streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and Full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store at Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit and $30 activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 
When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint's semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like Square Cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG. It's the Y'all Show with John Rawl, where we discuss all things Southern, including college football. Glad to have you back here on a Tuesday afternoon in hour two of our program, All About the South. We're spotlighting the SEC football media days. And right now, LSU head football coach Ed Orgeron is at the mic. It's always great to be a part of SEC media day. I'm proud to have Rashard Lawrence, Devin White, Foster Morrow, three outstanding football players on our football team, three outstanding leaders, and three great football players. It's kind of hard to choose three when we left so many good leaders at home, but these guys will be a great representation of the LSU Tigers. At LSU, we're excited, we're anxious to start fall camp after having such a great summer with Tommy Moffitt. I can't thank Tommy Moffitt enough and his strength staff for enabling us to do the job that we do as football coaches when he does on our team on a daily basis, one of the best in the country. On offense, I'm so excited that Steve Hensming is our offensive coordinator. As we all know, we took over interim coach. Steve's offense broke seven school records in eight games. He spread the ball around. He put the ball in our playmakers' hands in space and let them make plays. Great game day caller, able to make adjustments, and game plan. We're excited to have Steve Insmig, a former LSU Tiger quarterback, to be our offensive coordinator, along with Jerry Sullivan, our passing game coordinator, one of the best in the country. We're happy to have Jerry. James Craig's our offensive line coach, has done a tremendous job already with our offensive line. We're going to be very strong in offensive line this year. Tommy Robinson, has done a tremendous job with our running backs and training our running backs. And Mickey Joseph, think about this, Mickey Joseph recruits the city of New Orleans for us. In Mickey's first year as a recruiter at LSU, he brought in the number one right receiver class in the country. I'm so proud of our offensive staff and what they're gonna bring. If you're thinking about what we're gonna do at LSU, we're gonna be a spread offense, mainly from three wide receiver sets Four wide receiver sets, sometimes five. We're going to be 50-50, throwing the football, running the football. Steve's going to do a great job of that. Uh, some key competition in the fall camp, obviously, is going to be at quarterback. Uh, the addition of Joe Burrow has added to the competition that we already have at quarterback. We feel that Justin, Miles, Lowell are three excellent quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to let this thing play out and let the best man win. 
Like I said, we're excited about our young wide receiver core. We're excited about the young freshmen we brought in. I feel like we're going to be very strong on the offensive line led by Garrick Brumfield. Our tremendous guard has a lot of playing um, experience at LSU and excited about Damian Lewis, a young offensive guard brought in from junior college that is strong and he's physical. At running back position, we feel like we have two or three outstanding running backs. Uh, they haven't proved themselves yet. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Nick Brosett, and I want to see what Chris Curry gets to do. So on offense, we're excited about what's going to go on, excited about everything that's happening with Coach Ensminger and his installation of the offense. On defense, obviously, Dave Aranda has done a fantastic job. We feel like we have the best defensive coordinator in all the land. And you're going to see more of Dave's defense this year, more of a blitzing attacking style. We feel that we have two of the best defensive players in the country returning in Devin White, linebacker, and Greedy Williams, at quarterback. We have a front seven that's going to be able to rotate. We two deep, led by Rashard Lawrence, who's here with us today, and then Kayla Von Chassaw, an outside linebacker, who's going to take Arden Key's place. We have to find another cornerback. Uh, that the cornerback position is going to be excited to see. In fall camp, we brought in Terrence Alexander, a graduate transfer from Stanford, who's going to have an opportunity to compete at that position. Calvin Joseph, one of our top signees from the state of Louisiana at cornerback. John Trey Kirkland and Kerry Vincent. It'll be exciting to see who is going to be that other cornerback. On special teams, I'm excited to have Greg McMahon be able to coach at a full-time position. Last year, he was an analyst, and we're excited about the signee of Cole Tracy. We feel that Cole was the best graduate transfer kicker that we can get out there. We're excited to see him in camp and see what he can do for us and earn the starting spot at the kicker. Our 2000 recruiting class right now is very strong. Now, state several times that this is the best recruiting class in the state of Louisiana over several years. We've have, we have some very strong commitments in our class right now that's filling some important needs. One of the best things about this class is that we have young men from the state of Louisiana that are helping us recruit this class to make it very strong. We know that we have to finish very strong. We're excited about the direction that the recruiting's going for this class and the 2020 class. Any questions? Uh, yeah, Coach Edgar Thompson with the Orlando Sentinel. <clears throat> Do you feel like the intensity of the Florida-LSU rivalry has really picked up in these last couple years since the kind of the Hurricane Matthew fallout, the, rule, the goal line stand, the one-point game? I mean, Do you feel like it's kind of at its peak right now? Well, from what I know, my, me being from Louisiana and my history with LSU, it's always been an intense rivalry. So whether it's intense or not because of those circumstances, I can't say. But I'll tell you what, it's about as intense a rivalry we have, and we respect the University of Florida, and we look forward to going play a very good Florida team at Gainesville again this year. Yeah, RonHigginsNoel.com. Ed, do you feel like you're more settled this year? I mean, this is your staff. You've hired eight of ten coaches. You've had two recruiting classes. Do you feel like there's not a lot of guesswork on your part going in? No question, Ron. It's a good point. We have – the staff that we're going to go to battle with. I trust these guys. I've known Steve Ensminger since 1979. 
Obviously, Dave Aranda is very well proven, can be a coach at any level. And Greg McMahon is one of my best friends in coaching. So along with them and the great assistants we've had, one guy I didn't mention on defense is Bill Bush. He's been a five-star coach for us. He's done a tremendous job of recruiting. It allows Corey to coach the cornerbacks, and those guys can share the nickel position. So we're more equipped to be able to compete in the SEC. We have 10 analysts this year as opposed to five, so we're giving our coaches more information, our players more information earlier during the week. So, yes, I feel more comfortable, and I love coaching at LSU. Jordan Hill with the Columbus Ledger Inquirer. You mentioned Coach Ensminger. Uh, just what were the things you saw as you were making uh, the move for the full-time position of offensive coordinator that convinced you that he was the man for the full-time job? Like I said, you know, the, the year that we took over, interim coach, uh, I've known Steve. In fact, I was Steve's graduate assistant football coach at McNeese State University on offense. And I've known his ability to lead an offense, his structure, his communication to the players, and the respect that he has. In our first game against Missouri, he set all kinds of school records. And uh, he continued to do a great job. And I said to myself that Steve is worthy of the coordinator position at LSU. Circumstances were different when I got the job. I went out and tried to get the best coordinator in the league and uh, possible for our football team. It didn't work. And all the while I was saying, you know what, Steve Ensminger is the guy. And if I have a chance, I'm going to hire him. I have complete confidence in the direction that he's going to lead this offense. He and I are on the same page. Harrison Valentine, TigerBait.com. Coach, not many teams have the luxury of a guy like Devin White. Um, can you speak to the impact of having a leader like Devin on your team, uh, on the field, but specifically in the locker room? He's a tremendous young man with tremendous character. And you brought up a good point. He leads the locker room. After I lost to Troy last year, Devin White became a vocal leader, along with Richard Lawrence and other people. He's the reason that we got to turn around our season last year along with his teammates. So he's done it before. He's prepared to do it this year. Uh, we have a very challenging schedule. That's why you come to LSU to play the best. We have to start very fast, and Devin is ready to lead this team to great things. Robbie Andrew with the Gainesville Sun. Coach, how big was the win in Gainesville last year, and how? what are your thoughts on having to go back a second year in a yeah. row? It was monumental. It was monumental for the point of the season. Uh, where we were at, a uh, very good football team. Uh, you know, he missed the extra point. They're a very good kicker, as you know. And that gave our team confidence. And what happened on the sideline is the leadership of the team came through. We're winning this football game. And that catapulted us into a great win against Auburn. So that win for us last year was monumental to prove that we could go and beat Florida on the road in, in a hostile environment. I'm looking forward to going back there this year. I think Dan Mullen is an excellent coach. It is going to be a tremendous challenge for us. But again, that's why you come to LSU. Travis Brown, Brian called Station Eagle. Coach, what does Jimbo Fisher bring, uh, the addition of Jimbo Fisher bring to the conference and to uh, the division? Well, Jimbo's a great coach. He's won a national championship. He's a proven recruiter. Uh, he's in a hotbed of recruiting right near Houston. It's going to be a tremendous challenge. I have a lot of respect for what he does. Drew Yarman, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Coach Ogeron, first, it's a two-part question. First part, uh, I know uh, that Steve Ensminger is installing a spread offense. 
What did you see from an intangible and skill set standpoint that, that attracted you to, to sign Joe Burrow and bring him in as a graduate transfer? And the second part of the question, uh, you've got an, uh, an addition to your strength staff in his first year, Connor Neighbors, uh, former LSU fullback. How important is it for you to have former LSU Tigers come back and be a part of your program and be on the staff? Yeah, well, uh, addressing Joe Burrow, as we know, we didn't sign a quarterback in 2018. And uh, Bill Bush was on the staff at Ohio State. And when Joe Burrow's name came up, uh, Bill gave him an outstanding recommendation. And uh, as we researched, uh, Joe was exactly the type of quarterback that we felt that could come in and compete at LSU. So those things were very important to us in the recruitment of Joe Burrow. As far as Connor Neighbors, I'd like to have 100 Connor Neighbors. I think that he is an outstanding young man. It's important that all the ex-LSU football players come back. They bleed the purple and gold. This is their university. We represent them. Connor brings a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous amount of knowledge to our staff, and he's very well respected. Yes, Coach, Dwayne Rankin, Montgomery Advertiser. Obviously, LSU's dropped six in a row to Alabama. You've been part of the last two. What have you gained from the previous two years that gives you confidence when they come back to Baton Rouge, you guys have a chance of winning? Yeah, I think each game is different. I think when you're looking at first game, it was 0-0 going into the fourth quarter, and we toe-to-toe with them. Uh, their quarterback made some very good plays. Got to give him credit. They hung in there. We didn't finish the game. I think if you look at last year's game at Alabama, it was a physical contest. Uh, we felt that we can handle them physically and compete with them. And uh, that was the first time I think our players felt that in a while. Uh, we missed some plays. Uh, we had DJ Chark open. We didn't hit him. Uh, their passing game gave us problems. Uh, and their quarterback made plays, and we didn't give Coach Saban and his staff the credit. They won the football game. Uh, almost is not good enough against Alabama. But we feel that a couple of plays here and there and continue to be physically, we're going to be right in there with them. Uh, Gary Smith's Florida Times Union. Coach, uh, Commissioner Sankey said earlier today that because of the uh, prospect of legalized sports gambling, that in the future SEC coaches may have to come up or the conference may have to come up with a uniform injury reporting system uh, or at the very least an availability report. Uh, do you think the coaches are, will eventually have to accept uh, more of a standardized injury reporting system? You know, that's what they have in the NFL, obviously. And, uh, you know, that's, that's out of my wheelhouse. I mean, if, if that's something that we have to do, I'll comply with it. But I have a lot of other things to think about than that right now. I love to hear that guy talk. Ed Orgeron of LSU and his Tigers getting ready for what needs to be a big year for the LaRose, Louisiana native. Coming up on y'all, we're going to go to Jimbo Fisher, the head coach there in College Station. He's in Atlanta this week for SEC Football Media Days, and we've got the audio from when he was at the mic, and we'll have that next as the Y'all Show continues. Stay with us. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. 
Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. An overflowing toilet can wreak havoc on your home. So today, I'll show you how to avoid a flood by installing the toilet in your bathtub. All you need is a plumber's wrench and a hose clamp. This easy modification not only stops flooding, it also cuts down on morning prep time. You could try to protect your home with a tub toilet, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Back now for the final segment of Y'all with John Rawl. Thank you so much for being with us as we've gone through the SEC football media days. We've already heard from Kentucky head coach Stoops. We've heard from Coach Smart at Georgia, Ed Orgeron, just before the break. Now it's time for the newest head football coach in the SEC, or one of the newest. It is Jimbo Fisher, no stranger to college football. This guy had been at LSU as an assistant with Nick Saban, and now, for many years, he's been the head coach in Tallahassee with Florida State. But he's jumped ship from the ACC to the SEC, and he's making a few million along the way. And he was at the mic in Atlanta. Let's go hear from the head coach of the Aggies now on the Y'all Show. Howdy. See, if y'all don't know, you're supposed to say howdy back. That's an A&M thing. No, but thank you, Commissioner. And uh, first of all, I'd like to say it's great to kick off the uh, media days here in the SEC. It's a great honor, and uh, like I say, very excited to be here at Texas A&M and very excited to be back in the SEC. As uh, some of y'all know, uh, this is the conference in which I cut my teeth on, so uh, I understand a lot about it and know a lot about it. But, uh, you know, in our short time at A&M, we've been there uh, since December. I've uh, been very busy trying to establish the, the things and put the culture in place in which we, we think we have to have to be successful in this, in this league. As, as I know, this is as good a league as there is in college football, and uh, we know that you'll be challenged every week. So there's a way in which you have to go about things and a process in which things have to be done to, to get the results in which you need. And uh, there's no shortcut because, like I say, whatever gets – whatever you don't uh, – the I you don't dot, the T you don't cross gets exposed in this league very quickly. And uh, it's a very physical league. It's a very tough league, a very demanding league, very competitive league. And uh, when you're a competitor, that's what you want to be a part of. I'm very blessed to be here, thankful to be here. And uh, – Got a lot of challenges coming up, but I think our kids have done a great job. I'm very pleased with the with the offseason our staff and our strength and conditioning staff and our coaching staff have done with our players. Uh, I thought spring went very well. I thought we got a lot of things established, and I, like I say, you never have enough time in spring, especially in your first one. And uh, the second the second half of spring, I thought we did things in a, a much uh, more efficient manner. And wish we had about 15 more days, but that's just the way it goes. You don't get those. You don't get to do it that way. But then I think our summer strength conditioning program has been excellent. Our kids, if you'll see, are in excellent shape. And reports are getting back from our strength conditioning coach has been excellent. And the meetings which we were allowed to have and the short meetings we were allowed to have with them have been excellent. The guys are really starting to grasp uh, what we want to do and how we want to do it. And uh, looking forward to the challenges because, like I say, we've got a very challenging schedule. We've got a great season coming up. And, uh, but looking forward to it. And like I say, it's going to be that way every year and you're in the SEC. So anybody? Questions? Thank you, Coach Fisher. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We have Victoria, Amanda, and Jean Louise uh, that can bring a microphone to you. Coach, we'll start right here in the center along the aisle. Please stand and give your name and affiliation, please. 
uh, Bill Bender, Sporting News. Uh, Jimbo, you've had some early success on the recruiting trail. So what's the most consistent message you're giving about Texas A&M to those recruits? Well, I think, first of all, is the direction in which we're going and the way we believe and, and why we can have success. And I think but it's, it's a whole comprehensive package. When you're recruiting, I mean, you want to win. Everybody thinks about the winning. But when you get to Texas A&M, when you see the academic success it has, the Aggie network at the end, and then the commitment from the university as far as facilities and the things in which we are, and then the success in which our staff has had at previous stops in which we see the vision of our program, and then playing in the best league in college football, I mean, it makes it very easy to recruit to. And our staff has done a heck of a job there and the people and also our players I think our players have done a great job once we've gotten guys on campus of selling what we're doing and being a part of that as I say because I think your players recruit for you every bit as much as the university or your coaches I think they can uh, sell your program to the because like I say when you're around the players and you're there on a visit they'll tell you within five seconds as soon as the coach walks away he's either full of bull or he's telling you the truth that's the way it is and uh, I think our, our players our current players have bought in and been had a big uh, part of that success. Hello, Coach. Uh, Kamari Darrington with the Montgomery Advertiser. Uh, James Foster is one of those recruits that uh, came mm -hmm. in. What, is impress uh, what has been impressive about him to you so far and his role within the quarterbacks right now? Well, I think first and foremost is his ability. He wants to be great. His work ethic, his demeanor. Uh, I think with the things he did in college and uh, excuse me in high school, from building the high school program which he was at and where the levels he took them from, because I believe they were winless when he started out, or had just a few wins when he started out as a, a quarterback as a sophomore there, and then took them to 10, 11 wins as a senior. I think his competitive and his competitive nature stand out to me. Of course, he has great arm talent and physical talent, but I've loved his demeanor and his work ethic as much as anything. And also Tank Jenkins in that group too. We got Tank from Montgomery too. Gary Smith, Florida Times Union. How you doing, Jimbo? Hey, Gary, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Jimbo, in the back of your mind, in retrospect, all the years you were at Florida State, did you always think that you would be back in the SEC at one no. school or the other? I, I really didn't. I, I had, like I said, I had no intentions of ever leaving Florida State. I was very happy there and very content there. But as you know, life takes changes and decisions are made. But I was very happy and, and at a great university there. Howdy, Coach. Uh, Jay Clemens, uh, NBC here in Atlanta. Uh, you talked about there are no shortcuts, but I see that you have Clemson and Alabama in the first four weeks. <laughs> how does that daunting task that you have, how does that affect your preparation for when you try to change the culture? Well, I think it gets your attention. I'll say that. It definitely uh, makes your kids wonder. And I, I think when you have those kind of games in the early parts of your season, I think it makes your summer that much better. I think it gets their attention. I think they understand the competition level in which you, which you come to. But, you know, the great teams I've ever been a part of, as crazy as this sounds, you, you prepared for your opponent, but that wasn't what it was about. It was more about the culture and what you created from within yourself and the way you wanted your team to play. And I think that's what we have to understand first and foremost. It's great that we play those two teams, the top two ranked teams in the first four games of the year. But I think great teams, it's not that you, you, as your opponent becomes faceless. It's not, it's not that you disrespect them. It's this that you understand how you want to prepare. And I think I'm hoping that that's the way our kids go about it. It doesn't matter because, you know, when you play those two, it doesn't matter when you go play LSU and you go play Auburn, you go play Mississippi State, you go play Georgia, you go play Florida, you go play Ole Miss, you go play Arkansas. I mean, whoever you're going to play in this league, it's going to be that way. The venues and the competition level. So hopefully it's about us getting ourselves ready to compete against everybody all year long. Yeah, Ron Higgins, Nickel.com, Thomas McCune. Jimbo, you, you were, over the years, various schools came after you to, to coach. 
uh, besides length of contract or money, what elements did you did you always look for in considering a school? I mean, what has to be in place for you to finally sway you to go somewhere? Well, I, I think first and foremost, I think, as I've said before, the administration had a big part of it. My, my relationship with Scott Woodward in the past, knowing Scott and uh, what he brought to the table. And, and like I said, he, we were at LSU together many, many years ago, and there was a lot of changes that had to be made there at that time, and he was a big part of that and understood the things that has to be done. And I think it's very important. You can coach and you can have players, but if your administration doesn't see, not that the one that the press president didn't, it, it did. It, we had great administration at Florida State. I'm not saying that. But his relationship was also one that I knew I could trust when you're making a change. When you're in such a good situation, if you're going to make a change, has to be something that you know is credible and someone you've maybe worked with in the past or you know has the same vision in which you have and I think that had a big part of it and then you start researching the history of A&M and about the first you have a tremendous recruiting base then you have an unbelievable academic institution then you're able to take care of kids afterwards with the Aggie network and the job placement programs and the things that go on I think it's just an, an opportunity there and a challenge that uh, I just didn't want to walk away when I knew we had the administration in place that will allow to have the same vision in which we have. Brent Swarnham in Houston Chronicle. Your first head coaching job, you transitioned within the program. What has been the biggest challenge for you in taking over an entirely new program? Well, I think first, when you were you were a head coach in waiting, as as we as we went the first, I believe we might have been the first one at that time. I don't know. At least it allowed you to know the people in the organization, as far as in the building about who controlled what, and also the players what their strengths and weaknesses were. I think the biggest thing was the evaluation of your players, evaluation of your personnel within the building, and the structure of the university of how it operated to get things done in the timetables it had. I think those are challenging when you first go in, and you have to be. As I say, you have a plan, but you ha that plan has to have a little flexibility in it to you to figure out how things are done. And uh, again, I, I say this with the administration, knowing the administration, that helped tremendously in that, but that is a different venue than being a head coach and waiting. Hey, hey Coach, uh, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I was reading, um, I guess last February, the A&M Chancellor gave you a plaque at a public deal with a... Yeah open date, win a national championship. Did you know he was going to do that? What was your reaction? And does that put even more pressure on what's obviously a pretty pressurized job anyway? Well, I, people are never going to put more pressure on me than I put on myself in this business. I mean, this game, this is about dealing with pressure. It's about dealing with that. I thought it was, was kind of nice. I liked it because it showed he had the same commitment that we did. And, and I think they, and they also put their actions in place by the things and the programs and, and the things and the, and the help and support in which they give our university and the athletic world. So I think Chancellor Sharp doing that, there was no problem with that at all. I have a great relationship with him and, uh, matter of fact, a very good relationship with him. And uh, I thought it was kind of nice myself. Hopefully we can fill that in quickly. Hi, Coach. Um, Testemeyer with the AJC. You were speaking about pressure just now. Do you think there's a more intense pressure on new coaches to succeed in the SEC more so than the ACC, especially with Kirby Smart excelling so quickly? No, I don't. I mean, you know, we were able to do it quickly at, at Florida State. He's able to do it here. Um, I don't. I think your pressure to, in today's world, it's in, you know, everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants things quickly, and that's just the, that's just the world we live in. And that's uh, all part of this business is dealing with that and putting things in place to do it. So what you can't worry about is depression. You can't worry about the results. You have to go through the process of doing things the right way because if you don't set things up right, you're never going to get the results you want. It's like the foundation of a house. If it's never, it may come up quickly, but it'll fall quickly if, if the foundation's not there. So you've got to do things right to be able to, to execute. But pressure is just part of this world. It, it's the world we live in. Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. Uh, last year, you said at ACC Media Days that you thought that the ACC was the premier conference in college football. 
Has your perspective on that changed at all? No, I played in both conferences. I, th I think I'm going to tell you this. I think the ACC's progression to where it has become in football is because of the SEC, from being in the South and having not just play against, but to recruit against and compete against daily in the way you have to operate your organization. Like I said, where I was at in Florida State, we were surrounded by Florida, by Georgia, by Alabama, by Auburn. That was the closest schools to us. And, and that's who our big recruiting battles occurred against. We had Clemson and Miami and all those things, but we were surrounded that way. And I think then we excelled, then Clemson's excelled, then Miami's taken off, NC State, I mean, Louisville. I mean, I, I think in the South in general, because you're so close, I think it's, it enhanced the ACC's ability to compete and rise its level of ball because of the, the recruiting competition. And then once you get better players, you play better. And I think the commitment to those universities as far as um, jobs and the money and the salaries, if you look in that league, they've grown immensely in the last five years, six years. And uh, I think, you know, the SEC's pressured to stay on top. And once somebody gets on top, like the SEC had the great run of national championships until we were able to break it at Florida State, I think, you know, that was our goal. We had to compete with the SEC. So I think that raised the level of play in the ACC. Air Jackson, Lakeston reporter. Hello. Hey, Vance Joseph, the Broncos coach, he's been saying Trey Marsh has been really impressive through camp. Just um, if he is able to make that final roster, what kind of player do you think Denver's getting? Let me tell you in? something now. Trey, Trey Marshall's a guy now, when, when you put pads on, he loves football. I'm going to tell you this now. He, 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 doesn't, he, he, he doesn't like contact. He loves it. He seeks it out. He's the guy who truly is committed to football. He plays it. That's just the Lake City way. Those kids in Lake City just grow up that way. They're hard. They're tough. Football means a lot. Physical. Uh, Trey was a guy who would do everything in his power to be successful, give his every ounce of effort, toughness, you know, the things that we tried to embody there in our program. And I'm very happy. And wouldn't, you'll get a tremendous special teams player. You'll get a guy that's very physical, can tackle, can cover, can play. And, and uh, I, ho I hope he does make it because I, I thought he would I thought he'd actually get drafted before that, you know, but he got in a great situation and will hopefully do well. I'm proud of him and always he was a heck of a player for us. Jimbo Joe Goodman with AL.com. Uh, what's your timetable for winning a national championship at Texas A&M? And what are some of the unique challenges that you found being a Texas school in the SEC? Well, I think your, your timetable is as quick as you can put things in place and everyone buys into what you're trying to do. I mean, you have a timetable. Your timetable is now. I mean, you want to win one, you want to win immediately, and that's your place. But is that realistic? I don't know. It could, it, could it be? Yes. But it could it not be? Yes. It's all about the process of putting things in place because you want to build the program the right way up and, and get kids to understand and buy in. But I'll say this, our attitude of our players has been tremendous. I've been very proud of that. I mean, they've come in. There's a lot of change. We do things differently. Not that the other side was right, just a philosophical difference. And the way they've handled it has been tremendous. So, you know, you don't ever know. We, when I went to, we went to Auburn that year in 1993. And Alabama was defending national champs in 92, and they come off a 5-6 and six team. We went undefeated. So you, it can happen quickly. At LSU, it took three or four years. At, at Florida State, it took us, I think, four years to do it. I don't know. It could be you – don't, you don't ever put a timetable on things because you, you can't judge people. You don't know how each guy is going to respond and what's going to happen in the chemistry unit, the camaraderie unit, and your coaching staff. So hopefully we're going to do it as quickly as we possibly can. Sanford Bulldog alumnus – Jimbo Fisher right there on the Y'all Show as he was in Atlanta for SEC Football Media Days talking about his Texas A&M Aggies. It's going to be real fun to see him in 2018, how well he does in the SEC as compared to being in the ACC. Well, that concludes Y'all on a Tuesday. Thank you for being with us as we will have more SEC Football Media Days coverage on Wednesdays. Y'all will have Ole Miss head coach. Matt Luke will have other SEC coaches as they went up to the mic. We'll have all of that for you. Plus, we'll go 
go to the ACC as the Atlantic Coast Conference is having their media day starting tomorrow. And we'll get a report from ESPN.com's David Hill on what's going on with the ACC, home of teams like Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, and all the Tobacco Road schools. That'll be on the Wednesday, y'all. Plus, we'll have our country music report from Precious Harris. The Nashville Music Line will be right back with you here on the Wednesday, y'all. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. I'm John Rawls, signing off, y'all. There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love, title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price. Exactly. We need to shout this deal from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally. Literally. 